Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. U.S. announces new immigration enforcement priorities amid Haitian crisis. Caribbean countries urge to act fast to halt worsening food, environment, and economic problems. Puerto Rico celebrates its first large crop since Hurricane Maria. St. Croix Energy selects global leader in environmental and advisory solutions to evaluate refinery restart plans. And Anguillians grateful to the National Commercial Bank of Anguilla for extending loan moratorium. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, October 5th. We start our report today with a look at U.S.-Haitian relations. Caribbean News Weekly reports that the Biden administration has announced new immigration enforcement priorities amid the Haitian migration crisis. U.S. Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorka said the new guidelines for the enforcement of civil immigration law aims to better focus the department's resources on the apprehension and removal of non-citizens who are a threat to our national security, public safety, and border security, and advance the interests of justice by ensuring a case-by-case assessment of whether an individual poses a threat. In the last six months, Mayorka said he held multiple engagements with the U.S. Immigration and Custom Enforcement ICE workforce and leadership across the country, as well as with a range of stakeholders, including law enforcement, civic and community leaders, to inform the new guidance. For the first time, our guidelines will, in the pursuit of public safety, require an assessment of the individual and take into account the totality of the facts and circumstances. He said the immigration enforcement guidelines require the protection of civil rights and civil liberties, stating that a non-citizen race, religion, gender, sexual orientation, or gender identity, national origin, political association, or exercise of First Amendment rights cannot be factors in deciding to take enforcement actions. He said continuous training, a process to review their effective implementation, extensive data collection, and a case review process will all be required. Mayorka said the new guidelines replaced the interim priorities issued by ICE Acting Director Tay Johnson in February and become effective November 29, 2021. The Homeland Security Secretary met with Haitian Ambassador to the United States, Bochet Edmund, to discuss the nation's continued cooperation. Mayorka thanked the government of Haiti for supporting the safe return and reintegration of Haitian nationals. Mayorka said he assured the Haitian ambassador that the dignified and humane treatment of all individuals, regardless of their immigration status, is his top priority. The Secretary also also said he shared that the investigation into mistreatment of Haitian migrants in Del Rio, Texas, is ongoing. Dominica News Online reports that President of Agriculture Alliance of the Caribbean, 
Errington Thompson has called on all Caribbean countries to act fast as the region's food system, environment, and economic state continues to worsen. His call came at the virtual opening ceremony of the Caribbean Week of Agriculture 2021 16th edition. The event was held on October 4th and was the first ever held online. This year, the Caribbean Week of Agriculture was hosted under the theme, Transforming Our Food Systems. The circumstances in which we find ourselves do not allow us the luxury of procrastination. There's COVID-19, climate change, food shortages, escalating crises, and weak economies. We must act now and act fast. This time must be our call for commitment to action, Thompson warned. He said the theme implies that all of us in the region are at the same place and level of transformation. And with 2030 just nine years away, Caribbean countries must be mindful of their pledge to the Sustainable Development Goal no one is left behind. Thompson added that countries have a duty to reinvigorate our region to fulfill their pledge to suitable development goal two, zero hunger, and goal three, good health and well-being. We should envision a comprehensive food and agricultural production system as a goal. Thompson further explained what the comprehensive food and agricultural production system is capable of accomplishing. These include to ensure that food production is safe and all actors are aware of the role they play in food safety, to allow the smooth flow of food from producers to market, guarantee that the market is established with agreements in place, and ensure the logistics in shipping are secure and available. Available. Other factors which will be achieved consist of posing new farming methods such as climate-smart agriculture and cause more young people, women, disabled, and non-traditional workers to join the sector and be empowered. He said a regional body of experts from every country can be recommended to coordinate activities with timeframes and milestones. The representatives on the regional body will lead the delegation in his or her respective country, drilling down to lower levels. The Caribbean Week of Agriculture event was staged with the collaboration of other major organizations, such as the Caribbean Community and Common Markets, CARICOM, Food and Agricultural Organization, the Inter-Island American Institute for Corporation and Agriculture, and the Caribbean Agricultural Research and Development Institute. B Latina reports that Puerto Rico is celebrating its first large coffee harvest since Hurricane Maria. It claimed more than 3,000 lives and the almost complete destruction of the island's infrastructure. The destruction of soils and crops also hit the nation's agriculture and economic development hard. More than $30 million in crops were lost in 2017. Still, Department of Agricultural Secretary Raymond Gonzalez estimates that if all losses in the countryside are taken into account, the figure exceeds $100 million.
the Cone PR Meditos Initiative, an independent nonprofit youth led group, decided to get to work and stimulate economic development and long-term sustainability by planting new trees. The group distributed 750,000 seedlings to family-owned coffee farms that are vital to the economy of Puerto Rico's small mountain towns. Now the trees are producing their first harvest since being planted on the farms in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria. It really gives us a lot of hope that we could get back up again, said Iris Janet Rodriguez, a coffee grower in the town of Ajuntas and the president of Pro Cafe, a nonprofit group created by Compiar Metidos to address the needs of coffee farms in Puerto Rico. Rodrigo says it takes three to five years for a coffee tree to produce its first crop. But coffee farmers like her face another challenge that puts their miraculous harvest at risk, a shortage of pickers. Without enough people to pick the coffee beans, part of the crop could go to waste. Coffee is harvested once a year, but the income these crops generate is what drives the mountain economy. Those earnings last for months, Rodriguez said. Agriculture officials maintain that there was growth in the industry and that Puerto Rico currently has the level it was at in 2016. When Maria devastated Puerto Rico, making it difficult to receive and distribute food, it highlighted the U.S. territory's vulnerability to natural disasters and the severe lack of homegrown food. Puerto Rico imports about 85% of its food, producing only 15% of what is consumed. Despite lingering power failures on the island, farmers expect the harvest to be ready sometime in October, which will attract labor for harvesting. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that St. Croix Energy on Monday announced its decision to engage SLR International Corporation to perform environmental due diligence and to assist in creating a plan to safely operate the Idle Lime Tree Bay refinery plant on St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands. SLR International Corporation is a global leader in creating environmental and advisory solutions for businesses across a number of industries, including oil and gas. St. Croix Energy said its environmental team reviewed three top environmental firms and determined that SLR was best positioned to assist in the immediate and long-term needs of the refinery. In our evaluation of SLR, we believe that their expertise is an excellent fit to align with our mission, which is to operate the refinery in a manner that is safe and beneficial for our community, said Ashley Scotland, St. Croix Energy Director of Communications and Public Relations. We are 100% committed not just to the sustainable economic growth of St. Croix, but also to the environment and to the Virgin Islands as a whole, since most of the partners live here. St. Croix Energy said it firmly believes that if we can 
can develop the appropriate strategic partnerships to operate the refinery in an EPA-compliant way and in a manner that will protect the community and provide employment for many of our neighbors here in the U.S. Virgin Islands. D'Anguillian reports several hundred individuals and commercial customers in Anguilla are grateful to the National Commercial Bank of Anguilla for extending a loan moratorium to them for the past 18 months, dating back to the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic in March 2020. The moratorium ended on Thursday, September 30, 2021. The National Commercial Bank of Anguilla CEO, Ms. Charmaine Francois, accompanied by senior staff member Shalise Niles, conducted an online seminar on the matter on Thursday, September 17th, to further explain the loan moratorium facility. They were interviewed by Radio Anguilla's Acting Chief of Information Office, Felicia Hennis. The moratorium was put in place to assist customers of the bank. They comprised unemployed and underemployed individuals impacted by the pandemic in terms of loss of income and owing loans to the bank and commercial businesses, experiencing, experiencing declining cash flow and also having loans to stay afloat. The offerings by the bank also included deferment of loans, opportunities to assist other family members, reduce debt payments and extensions, as well as other assistance in the form of overdrafts for commercial businesses. Ms. Francois disclosed that figures from the Labor Department a few months ago had indicated that as high as 37 percent of the labor market was either affected by unemployment or underemployment and had represented around 2,500 employees. She added that it was necessary for the bank to offer the loan deferral or moratorium program to ensure that persons were helped along the way. With the end of the loan moratorium, the National Commercial Bank of Anguilla will still be available to offer advice and other forms of assistance to both individuals and commercial businesses needing help. The National Commercial Bank of Anguilla is a merger of the island's former two indigenous banks, the National Commercial Bank of Anguilla and the Caribbean Commercial Bank. Both were taken over by the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank in August 2013. Later, the National Commercial Bank of Anguilla became a bridge bank under the auspices of the government of Anguilla. It is reported to have done extremely well in terms of share capital and financial growth with much liquidity and lending capacity. Earlier this year, the National Commercial Bank of Anguilla became a fully commercial bank owned for the time being by the government and people of Anguilla. Caribbean News Weekly reports that the senior management team of Royal Caribbean International, the world's second largest cruise line, informed Jamaica's tourism minister, Edmund Bartlett, that they will resume limited operations to Jamaica in November of this year. 
The senior Royal Caribbean executives also stated that once a number of logistical issues, some of which are outside of Jamaica's purview, are effectively resolved, they will be able to significantly increase cruises to Jamaica, bringing in tens of thousands of fully vaccinated cruise visitors. The senior executives also reiterated their strong desire to hire thousands of Jamaicans across a wide range of job functions, and they are awaiting regulatory changes from the government to make this a reality. Minister Partlett expressed delight that the cruise line will resume calls to Jamaica after a year and a half hiatus. The new developments follow another meeting in Miami, led by Minister Bartlett and his team, with Arnold Donnell, Chief Executive Officer of Carnival Corporation, the world's largest cruise company, and other senior company executives, where they informed of plans for 110 or more cruises, with more than 200,000 fully vaccinated visitors for Jamaica in the coming months. The goal is contingent on continued close logistical collaboration between Jamaica authorities and Carnival. The Royal Caribbean International Engagement is part of a series of meetings with travel industry leaders, including major airlines and investors in Jamaica's two largest source markets, the United States and Canada. This is being done to encourage more visitors to the destination in the coming weeks and months, as well as to secure additional investments in the local tourism sector. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, October 5th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and follow us on Facebook.